Let's go to the word of the Lord this morning, the book of Isaiah chapter number 6. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse, beginning with the first verse. And I believe Sister Gina's fat his hands in the West. There it is. Man, thank God Sister Gina helped with the multimedia. On Friday night we had a, a group of young people here and uh, several of the people singing on the platform didn't seem to know the words, so it was helpful having the words on the screen because they were able to look along and look and sing along. It was, thank God for the multimedia. Amen. Sometimes, you know, the preacher forgets the scripture and the multimedia person's up there and they can just make sure we stay in the book and we don't start misquoting, thinking we have it all memorized. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, Somebody say, ouch. Ouch. Amen. It's got to burn. But it's a refining fire. And said, lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Verse number one, in the year the king as I died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And I want to preach for a few moments this Sunday morning. How do you see Jesus? How do you see Jesus? Let's set our Bibles aside. Let's ask the Lord to talk to us here this morning. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your word that is unchanged. We thank you for the unadulterated word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the word and the presence, the spirit of God. We thank you for the measure of faith that you've given to every one of us, Lord. And your word says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And I pray today, God, that our faith, God, would be increased as we hear the word of the Lord preached into our hearts. I pray, God, for fresh revelation and understanding, God, to come into this body of believers. And God, I pray that you give us a fresh perspective of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, give us fresh revelation, God, and a clearer understanding of who you are today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands one more time before we see you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated for a few moments. Amen. I'm hoping that y'all will help preach with me this morning. Nothing worse than feeling all alone up here. Man, it can get a little scary sometimes, you know, everyone's just staring at you, you're like, just, God, help me. Amen. <laughs> and then there was time, amen, when we had a few, hey. a few weeks ago, uh, months ago, amen, uh, we had a bilingual service, and from my perspective, I loved it, because every time I said something, there was somebody coming right back out with the interpretation in Spanish, and, and I felt like someone was preaching with me, and it was just like fire happening. It was exciting. I, I love it when people preach with me, amen. Sometimes you go to, uh, I've been a few times to uh, churches where it's mostly African American, and they're just preaching with the preacher. Everything he says is, amen, glory, and, and they bring the preacher out of you. So help me preach this morning. We'll have a great time. It'll be short and quick and powerful, amen, and God will have his way, amen. The American media, if you pay any attention to the news, often portrays our president, uh, Donald J. Trump as an illegitimate president and villain who stole the White House. And I'll say from the offset of this message uh, that this church is not a Republican or a Democratic church. We are apolitical. We follow a higher mandate. Uh, and I want to say that disclaimer from the offset of this message. But the American media portrays our president as this just vile person. Uh, and he's, he hates everybody and he's just evil. Uh, however you look at the news, if you turn on the news right now, the thing, the storyline that you'll see, and it really got me, uh, it really blew me away, uh, is the, that right now President Trump is in the nation of Saudi Arabia. And as you watch the, the, the videos from the various news organizations, the websites, and you see as soon as he steps off the plane, there's red carpet from the from the, the bottom of the stairwell to the, of the plane, all the way to the palace. And it's lined up with the, 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 the royal guard, the royal honor guard. Uh, there's red carpet from Air Force One to the palace. And, and this, the news reports that some airport workers even took off their shoes before manicuring the carpet. They took off their shoes before manicuring the carpet. And they began to just sweep it and brush it so all the strokes... We're all in the right direction. They didn't even wear their shoes on the carpet. Uh, and they did that in 97 degree heat. And you think, man, you know, we, we think, you know, if we read CNN and we read uh, all the different news, we think our president's the devil. He's a terrible man. And then he goes to another country and they recognize this guy's respectful. He's, he's powerful. He's, he's got guts and and, and on down the line, and you see how they treat him, and, and he gets off the airplane, and there's jet airplanes flying over with red, white, and blue smoke in the air. And you're thinking, man, that's impressive. And then there's a band playing, and, and the band is playing, and, and there's another video I saw just on uh, YouTube last night of how they're dancing, they're singing, they're shouting, and they're waving different branches in the air. I'm thinking, man, this, I mean, you know, he's a president, but good Lord, I mean, they're rolling it out for him. And the, the Royal Saudi Forces Honor Guard practiced, fire, practiced rifle drills and then stood at attention while the president and his kingly escort walked through the terminal. And they, sell, they had celebratory cannon fire and, and all of these things. And they even had, I read an article, there's, there was an instance that they were offering up uh, 
different uh, aromas. So they smelled good. And they were thinking of all these different things. And, and the red carpet was lined with royalty in their finest dress. Uh, the, there as he, as the president and the, the king of Saudi Arabia drove from, uh, from the palace to another particular locale. There was horses prancing down the street escorting his royal highness and, 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 and all these different things. And as he, as a, uh, uh, from one location to another, along the, the road, along the streets, there was American flags lined up, just lined up. And so everything, they thought of everything. And, and then additionally, the, the president gets into the palace and, and they, uh, they award him with the kingdom's top civilian honor, the, the gold King Abdulaziz medal. Thinking, man, they, they like think very highly of our president. And it is refreshing. Uh, but I want to I want to challenge somebody today. How do you see Jesus? Oftentimes, you, you li- if you listen to the news, if you listen to various uh, news outlets and organizations, you, you might get a, a false view of Jesus, just like the media will portray a false view of our president. And he's so evil, but he goes somewhere else and they think, wow, this guy's great. He's powerful. He's got all this. Uh, authority and he's doing good things and there's just these divergent views of the same individual and, and similarly in the house of God amen you can come to the house of God on Sunday morning amen and all of your family thinks well that Jesus is a joke he's that pie in the sky and he, he's a fake fictitious individual he was maybe a good teacher but he doesn't have power you can come to the house of God on a Sunday morning if you're not careful you'll see Jesus as just this, this crutch that amen the world says and you can have a crutch to help you live your life then that's fine but then the rest of us we can do just fine without Jesus and how do you see Jesus today are you looking at him through a false lens Amen. Are you looking at it with through the right lens of the Word of God? Right. Or is your vision of Him tainted by the, uh, the naysayers and the critics of this world? That's right. Amen. You've got to be careful how you view Jesus on a Sunday morning. Amen. It's not just some thing that we do on Sunday mornings to feel a, a two-hour time slot and we can go about the rest of our week feeling good about ourselves. Amen. But there came a day in my life where I saw Jesus for who he was. The Savior of my world. The lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. My view, amen, began to become more clear of who he was and who he wanted to be in my life. Hallelujah. 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 How have you viewed your king lately? How have you viewed your king, your God lately? Have you inspected every corner of your life and asked, is God pleased with how I'm living? Amen. I wonder, amen, is those those particular individuals that took off their shoes and began to manicure the carpet, begin to think, I hope he's pleased with, I hope they're pleased with how I'm doing this. I hope King Saudi Arabia is pleased with with how I'm doing the carpet. I hope they they don't see any any, any imperfections. I hope they just see just perfect. uh, They just see things that are perfect and pure and royal and everything's good. Amen. And as we, uh, we have God looking at our lives, amen, I want God to be pleased with my life and how I live my life. How do you see Jesus and how does he see you today? 
Hallelujah. Am I making him feel welcome in this service on a Sunday morning? Amen. Or does he feel indifferent when he comes to this place? Amen. Does God feel rejected when he comes into this place? How do you see him? Do you see him as the king that he really is? Do you recognize God for who he is in all of his splendor and all of his power? Or do you see him as an illegitimate God? Do you see him as an impotent God? Or do you see him as the one that's all powerful? The one that's all knowing? The one that knows your past but still gives you a future? The one that knows where you fall short but still loves you the same? How do you see him this Sunday morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So many times if we're not careful, our vision can be skewed by the things that we allow to come into our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want somebody this morning to turn on the lights, if you will, in your life and begin to see him as he is. How many times have you woke up on a Monday morning all of those that have things to do Monday morning, you wake up on a Monday morning. Sunday was, Sunday kicked your butt. You're, you're white, you're wore out, you're pooped. Monday morning comes and, and you don't even turn the lights on. You're just, you know, it, it's 7.55 and you got to work by 8 o'clock. And you live 10 minutes from work. You think, my God, I got to hurt and get ready. And you don't even turn the lights on. You just grab a pair of socks out of the, uh, the dresser, the dresser wherever you have all your clothes and you get to work and then later on you look down and you see, man, I got black and blue socks on. What happened? I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm the only one that had that happen to me, but you know, I mean, there's times I can't even see. I'm thinking, man, either I'm getting older, I need to turn the lights, brighter lights. I don't know what it is. I can't tell the difference sometimes. Uh, but my, my vision is, is skewed because I don't have the lights on because I'm not looking clearly Amen. And you can, you can mix up the black and the blue socks or, or the brown, the tan. I don't know. You can mix up the different colors. Amen. Because you're not looking clearly. And I want to tell somebody today, if you're not careful, if you don't allow the preacher to preach to you this morning, you'll continue to view your God and your maker as one who just stands over you waiting for you to fail. And if you mess up and he beats you and he just scolds you and he says oh you messed up you're a loser you can't make it and I'm going to punish you because you messed up again if you're not careful you'll begin to view God your heavenly father the way that you view your natural father how do you see Jesus this Sunday morning do you see him as the God that's on your side amen that's saying Tim you can make it brother Paul you can make it brother Nate you can make it I know you messed up but I believe you can make it I believe you can pick yourself up and I believe you can go forward hallelujah hallelujah oh let's worship him and give him praise Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
And such is the story we read about in the book of Isaiah chapter number 6. In the year that King Uzziah died. And as I began to study this passage of scripture, this chapter, began to find out that King Uzziah was a good king. And he reigned for 52 years over the nation of Israel. King Uzziah was a good king. And no doubt Isaiah, throughout the reign of King Uzziah, was thinking, man, God's good, God's blessed, God's taking care of us. We've got peace in the land. We're being blessed. There's wealth. There's, there's not a lot of problems. God's been good. We're being faithful. God's taking care of us. And then suddenly, history records that King Uzziah fell into sin. And God struck him with leprosy. And here in chapter 6, King Uzziah dies. And the prophet Isaiah is looking and saying, Man, God, what are we going to do? We lost faith in leadership. We lost trust in the king. He was doing so good for so long. For over 50 years, he reigned. And there was peace in the land. And he, he falls short. And then he's got leprosy and he's dead. And now we're, what are we going to do? And the Bible records in Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. Isaiah began to get into God's presence, began to talk to God, began to fellowship with God. As we have to do when we face difficult situations in life for which we have no answers. We don't have a clue how to respond. Isaiah gets into the presence of God and God begins to show the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, I want you to see me. I want you to see me that I'm sitting high on the throne. Amen. Your king may have fallen. Your king may have died. And your world may be upside down. But Isaiah, I want you to know that in spite of it all, I sit high on the throne. And I'm still king over all kings. And Lord over all lords. Isaiah, I want you to know I've still got it all under control. I've still got it all figured out. Isaiah looked up, amen, and God, to the presence of God, and he looked up, and he saw a king sitting, relaxed, comfortable, amen, in charge, in control. Isaiah, I'm not worried about anything today. I'm sitting here on my throne, and I'm still God. I'm still Lord. I'm still over all things. I still got all power. I still got all authority. And all the gold and all the cattle are mine. It's all under my control. And I want somebody to know today, on this Sunday morning, that no matter how much your world has been turned upside down, no matter how much you think I've fallen short, God's not pleased. He's going to punish me now. Amen. I want you to know that God is still in charge. He still sits on the throne. Your God is not a weak and a kneeling God. Your God is not a defeated God. He's got all power in heaven and in earth. Hallelujah. He's still Lord of all, King of all. He sits high on the throne. Hallelujah. God wanted to show the prophet Isaiah that no matter who was in charge, sometimes you think you're in charge. Sometimes you think your job's in charge. Sometimes you think your family's in charge. Sometimes you think your boss is in charge. But ultimately, he is in charge. He sits 
sits on the throne high and lifted up. Hallelujah. And God wanted to show that no matter who was in charge, ultimately God was still on the throne. He was sitting upon the throne, not worried, not filled with anxiety. Amen. Not stressed out, not running around, not sleeping. But God sat there in charge. In charge. Praise God. He just sat there. Not nervous, not worried. Just sitting there. It's all right. I still got all power. I still got all authority. I'm still above it all. I still sit high on the throne, looking over the people, looking over the landscape, surveying the landscape. I've got it figured out, Isaiah. I know what I'm doing. And all you got to do, Isaiah, is get into my presence and you'll see me as I am. The problem is, is oftentimes we encounter situations in life and we don't get into his presence. We just get discouraged. We think, man, forget it. I tried. I've tried to put my trust uh, and, and I tried to believe that God had it figured out and now it's upside down. I give up. But Isaiah went back another time and said, God, show me something. God, you've got to help me. You've got to help me figure something out. And God began to pull back the scales from Isaiah's eyes. And he began to see Jesus high and lifted up. He began to see him high and lifted up. Above all principalities. Above all powers. Above all the turmoils and problems that bog us down. Above the wisdom of this world. He sits high and lifted up. You may face things in your life. I don't know how this is going to work out. He does. My God does. He's high and lifted up. He's in charge. And as we've heard recently, and and just something that I've known for a while, but the Bible records uh, that, that little statement in verse number one, his train filled the temple. His train filled the temple. How many have been to a wedding before? Amen. You've seen the bride. The beautiful bride, amen, spotless bride, hopefully perfect, everything's just right, and she has her train. And a lot of times they have that long, long train. And they want, every, they want that lingering effect as that bride walks down that, that white uh, carpet or whatever it is, that white linen uh, flooring, and, and, they, and they walk. And everybody oohs and ahs, ah, oh, beautiful. The women, ah, oh, so romantic. But Jesus, God, sits high on the throne. And the Bible says that he has a train. He has a robe. And that robe fills the temple. It's not from the altar area to the back door. It fills the whole room. It encompasses every, every uh, square foot, every cubic foot of that, of that building of the temple. And that train represents... Amen. It's been recorded through, through the pages of history and commentaries have written about it that every time a king would go off to battle and he would win a war, he would win a battle, he would have a, uh, a patch, if you will, that he would add to his train. Uh, much like a quilt that uh, the women, as they get created, they, they build these, they, they, uh, they knit these quilts and it represents different times of their life and it represents different things and sentimental things that happen in their life. And the same thing with the king of kings. As he goes off to battle and he wins another fight, he wins another war, he adds a little bit more to that train. And that represents the battle I fought over here in 1995. And that represents the battle I fought in 
1981. And this represents the battle I faced in 2003. And all down, on down the line, it can take you back, amen, through the pages of time. This represents that victory. This represents the struggle I faced here. But God brought me through, amen. And that the Bible says that his train filled the temple. In other words, my God has never lost a battle. Amen. He still won every fight. And when you get on his side and you see God for who he is, not a loser and not a weak God, but a God that knows no defeat. A God that reigns victorious. And that is the God that we serve today. That's the God that I'm living for today. Amen. I'm on the winning side, friend. I'm on the winning side. My God does not know defeat. I may know defeat. I may have lost some battles. But if I'll get Him moving in my life, if I'll get His Spirit on the inside, Amen. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be defeated. His train filled the temple. Isaiah began to get another view of God. Amen. Perhaps through the years, Isaiah looked at King Uzziah and thought, well, he's the greatest king that we've ever had in such a long time. And then his view of the leadership in his life was just torn down. But amen, God needed to show Isaiah. Isaiah, you've got to get your eyes off of man. And you've got to put your eyes on me. Isaiah, you've got to see me for who I am in all of my glory, in all of my holiness, in all of my splendor. You've got to get the right perspective. Somebody has to turn the lights on for Isaiah. And it happens when he gets in the presence of God. And when he gets in the presence of God, he sees all that God's done. The Bible records that above the temple stood the seraphims. I don't know a whole lot about angels and the angelic host, but I do know that there are seraphims and there are cherubims. Those are different classes of angels. And the seraphims, the Bible says, have six wings. And the seraphims, according to the word of God, are what the scripture describes as in that verse, I think it's in the book of Psalms, who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire. Amen. The seraphims are the fiery angels. Amen. If you looked at them, you'd just see a fire. Amen. You'd, you'd see the six wings and you'd see the, the fiery angels. That's why they could go into, uh, into the altar area and grab a coal uh, with the tongs and then take the coal, the live coal in their hands because they had the same fire. Amen. They, had, they were flaming fire ministers. Amen. And uh, the seraphims... Uh, uh, they were those ministers of God and they as they were in the presence of God, the Bible says that the six wings uh, with two wings, they covered their face and with two wings, they covered their feet and with two wings, they did fly. And I want to stop and tell you for a moment here today. Amen. That when you come into the presence of God, amen, it requires covering for your sins. Amen. God is a holy God and he demands his people to be covered. He demands holiness from his people. If you get into his presence, amen, you'll find yourself wanting to cover yourself. God, don't look on my sinfulness. God, you've got to cover me. And the Bible lets us to know that the blood is the cover 
covering for our spirits, for our souls. Amen. But we also have got to cover our natural bodies when we get into his presence and we recognize that a holy God, amen, a holy God requires his people to be holy. For his word says, be ye holy as I'm holy. Be ye holy as I'm holy. And the Bible records in verse number three that one angel cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, I grew up uh, in a Christian school in Stockton, and I went to a few of the high school basketball games. And on the, in the gymnasium, there was one set of bleachers on one side of the court, and on the other side of the court, there was another set of bleachers. And as the game would begin to get uh, exciting and the teams would begin to score and it was down the wire, inevitably, one group of people on the bleachers on one side would begin to say this. We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? You hear that? They would say that. And then the other part of the, uh, the gym would begin to say the same thing. We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? And they'd get louder and louder until they tried to beat each other out. And it was just a competitive atmosphere. This scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 3 is the same thing that would happen. The angels would say to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And perhaps if we were angels here, I would tell Brother Paul, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Brother Paul would turn to Brother Nate and say, Holy, 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 the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Brother Nate would turn to Brother Noah and he would make him he would hit him, wake him up, and he'd say, Brother Noah, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And that's what this scripture is. Amen. It's back and forth. It's a song that they sing in, in the heavens. And the angels begin to cry unto one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The, the whole earth is full of his glory. Yes. And they begin to recognize, they begin to realize that our God is holy. And perhaps they begin to outshout one another, begin to outsing one another. And they begin to sing it longer and louder and how it waved their voice and however they wanted to do it. And they begin to worship the Lord. And they begin to help one another to realize, hey, Brother Paul, our God is holy. Our God is in charge. He's in control. He's got it all figured out. He's a holy God. In fact, the whole earth is full of His glory. And they begin to tell one another that. And when you get into his presence and you begin to catch a glimpse of him, and you begin to see him as he is, you can't help but tell somebody else, the whole earth is full of his glory. He's a holy God. He's a great God. There's none like him in all of the world. And it becomes a song of your life. Amen. Telling the world around you, telling others, amen, our God is holy. He's great. The whole earth is full of his glory. When you see him as he is, it will prompt a response from your life that you will have to tell somebody else. Amen. Our God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a holy, holy, holy God. And I want to stop and tell you today that this, this scripture, as Isaiah begins to see him as he is, this scripture... And the words holy, 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 those words three times, do not imply a triune God. They do not imply holy for the Father, holy for the Son, holy for the Holy Ghost. 
It is to, it is to portray uh, that our God is emphatically holy. It is to say, man, I'm hungry, hungry, hungry. Someone that's really hungry, they're beating their stomach. I'm hungry, hungry, hungry. A wild man. They're, they want you to know, I am so hungry. Man, I, I'm so hungry. You're like, okay, I got the point. Jeez, we'll get you some food, brother. And this scripture, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy. If there's one thing you got to know, our God is holy. He's so holy. Hey, did I tell you before? He's a holy God. Nowhere in the word of God is it, does it say, uh, refer to Jesus as love, 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 love. He is a God that is love. He's embodiment of love. But the, the emphasis is to show that above all else. Yeah, he's a holy God. Yeah, he's a faithful God. Yeah, he's in charge. But the one thing you got to know when you see him is he's holy, holy, holy. He's a holy God. Holy, holy, holy. Not, not three gods, but one God. One God. Amen. We believe that there's one God. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. That's in the word of God. And the, the scripture continues uh, in verse number eight. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? The us is not three gods. The us is God and the seraphims. Who's going to go for them? The seraphims can't go. The angels can't go and proclaim the message. And here we begin to get to the, uh, the conclusion of this message. And we begin to get to the, 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 uh, the intent, the purpose of this, uh, this chapter. Is that number one, you have got to see him as he is. And you've got to realize he's a holy God. But there, there, there's a, there is a response. Amen. And, and it, take, it requires each and every one of us to go into the world in which we live. And to proclaim the gospel. Amen. And who will go for us? The angels can't do this. The angels can't uh, witness to the lost and tell them about God. They haven't experienced the things you've experienced. They haven't encountered the trials you've encountered. They don't know what it's like to go through the storms and the trials you went through. Angel Gabriel can't do what Sister Didi can do. Angel Michael can't do what Sister Lisa can do. They haven't encountered the same things. They don't know him like you know him. They haven't seen him the way you've seen him. Because it's a person that, uh, that makes a, a decision, a choice to live for God has walked the road of life and they've, they've messed up. They've fallen. They've come short. They've seen things happen in their lives. They've questioned things. But they've got the presence of God. They've seen that God, He always is there to pick me back up and lift me up. He's not like my natural father. He's not like anybody else in this world. But you begin to see him. This is a God that will forgive my sins. That will heal me where I hurt. That will lift me up and that will push me forward. That will lift me higher. That will push me forward. That will lift me up and that will push me higher. And you have a message for your world that angels cannot bring. But you have got to first see him as he is. He's not like your natural father. I'm not saying all of us have evil fathers uh, uh, 
again, the media would like to portray fathers as just disconnected, discombobulated, just fools. And that's how they portray them. But our, it's been said that we tend to view our Heavenly Father or our God the way we view our natural Father. Sometimes you, if, you, if you've grown up in a dysfunctional home or you've grown up in a, in a home where things were not the right way, you just knew things are, this is not how things are supposed to be. Amen. You can view your fathers. If I mess up, I'm going to get busted and I'm going to get whooped. I'm just going to get beaten. That's not our God. Sometimes we view our God the way we view our natural father that he's waiting for us to mess up. Just, just wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bam. That's not our God. That's not our God. He's not an inconsistent God like some of our fathers. He's living for God one day and the next day he's just out doing his thing. He's faithful to mom one day and then he's going out and doing something else the next. That's not our God. He's consistent. He's faithful. He's not a fickle God. Some days you're doing, you're doing, you're praying and one day he's mad at you just because you didn't do something. That's not our God. He's not a fickle God. He's not a mean God. He's not an absent God. How do you see Jesus today? Do you see him as an absent God because you had an absent father? Do you see him as an insecure God that just lashes out to cover his insecurities? Or do you see him as Isaiah saw him? High on the throne. Sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. Showing you, hey, I've dealt with things, Isaiah. I've overcome the world. I've overcome all the things that you're dealing with. The Bible says that he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Your God has walked the same road you've walked. You say, well, my my situation is an exception. This is a special type of situation. Uh, Surely God did not deal with the things I'm dealing with. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's walked the same road you're walking right now. He's walked the same road you're walking right now. And, and, and he knows that you can make it with his spirit because he overcame. You can overcome. And your father is looking down upon you today. And he wants you to know, just look up unto me. Look and see how I've got it all figured out. Look and observe that I'm on the throne today. I've walked where you walked and I've overcome. I've got all power in heaven and in earth. And there's nothing outside of my control. If you get into my presence, Isaiah, if you come before my presence, you will see that I'm not worried. I'm not what your friends told you about me. I'm not some cold, dead God. I'm not some statue on a shelf. I'm alive. I'm real. I've walked the road you walked. He's a loving Father who wants the best for every one of us. Believes in you. And the Word of God says is praying for you. Is praying for you. Will pick you up when you fall. And like my Father, He expects you to be great. He expects you to overcome. Doesn't have a doubt in his mind. Brother Paul, if you want it, you can overcome the biggest obstacles. 
Sister Cher, if you want it, you can overcome mountains. Because I did. You can. And that's the God that we serve. And you've got to answer that question today. How do you see Him? How do you see Jesus? Amen. And your vision of Him will get more clear. You'll have more clarity when you come into His presence. And you behold His face. And you begin to see Him as He is the one that's overcome the world. The one that has all power. Why don't we stand to our feet as the musicians come? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let, let us lift our hands right now for a few moments. Let us talk to God. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's close our eyes. Let's let the Lord talk to us right now. God wants to give somebody in this place fresh revelation. God wants to give somebody in this place today fresh revelation, a clearer understanding of who your God is. He's not trying to punish you. He's trying to draw you closer to Him. He's not trying to beat you up. He's trying to woo you back to Him.
change the way you live. It'll change the way you dress. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you spend your time. Will you see him? Will you draw nearer to him? Isaiah, will you go into his presence? And will you lift up your eyes, Isaiah? And will you look up to Jesus? Amen. I'm opening this altar right now. Amen. Right now. You've got a moment. You've got an opportunity to come into his presence. yourself to me. God, help me to see you. Help me to see you. Come on, this altar's open. There's more than needs to come. There's more than needs to come. Oh,